one hand to another. So your word, understand your word and be blessed by it. We want to live by your word, Father. We just want to hide it in our hearts so that we don't sin against you. We want to do the right thing at all times. We want to be a blessing, Lord. So we thank you for the holiness that is in your word. We thank you, Lord, that you, we can understand your word because it, the entrance of your word brings light and understanding even to the simplest of people. So we thank you for that. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. So um, I'm, I just want to uh, say two words to you, and that's awake, saints. Awake. Amen. Awake from your slumber. Awake from your complacency. And uh, come awaken to what uh, the Spirit of God is speaking to us to prepare us for going forward. We have a goal uh, while we're down here on earth. We're not just here. We're not just here to bide your time until you retire or you get old or till your kids are grown or you see your grandchildren. Or, those are all good goals to have. But we have an assignment here. We're here for a divine purpose. And uh, I think it's wonderful to understand why you're really here. Many of the things we get involved with, even though they're very uh, enjoyable to us, they can either be even be time-consuming and consume a lot of our interest. But your interest really uh, must center on the purpose that God puts you here on earth or you're not going to be satisfied with your life. You're not going to, because God's always going to be bugging us to do what he tells, called us to do. You know, he'll be nudging you in some way. You know, he always has a way of making, uh, making it known to us where we're at and what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, many of us experience it in different ways. Sometimes it's kind of a dissatisfaction or it's a questioning about your life what am i doing here am i doing what i i'm supposed to do uh if you're not satisfied with your life that's sometimes a clue as to what what needs to be done even when you're saved and serving god there's more to attain in god so we have to be open to that at all times plus we have to have a road map for how to get there and so I believe part of what uh, prophecy does and what prophetic understanding does is it keeps us on the right road. It keeps us involved in the right thing at the right time so that we can fulfill what God's put us here for. It would be a sad thing to come this far in God and then lose your way. And so God has to keep reminding us and keep refreshing us and keep releasing to us the word of the lord so that we won't lose our way so that we won't just settle out and uh, get complacent and not know what to do and where to go uh, i keep reading statistics about uh, you know how many ministers quit the ministry because of burnout and i don't understand that you know i i just think god gives you enough to do uh, not too much to do if you rely on God for everything, you'll get there. Uh, I think sometimes people, and, and then too, the other thing, if God really called you, some of those people aren't even called. That ain't burnout. That's waking up to the fact that they ain't supposed to be doing what they're trying to do. Or they get disillusioned. There's not enough money in it. Not enough fame in it. You don't have enough, uh, you don't have that big mega church you thought you were supposed to have. You know, when you take yourself out of things, 
then you get sober about what god called you to do and you'll learn how to be satisfied sobriety brings satisfaction it really does so when you get sober about what god called you to do you'll get satisfied because there comes a contentment within us when we have that sense that god if there's something else i'm supposed to be doing with my life i don't know what it is but i've decided to be content right where i am and let and trust you to put me in the place i'm supposed to be and so i think that that with that comes though an awareness when there when god is um doing something and getting our attention he's getting it for a purpose and getting it for an awareness i firmly believe that we have more to see in the power of god we have yet to see the miracles god wants to have performed we have yet to see the salvations coming uh, strictly by the power of god we have yet to see much of what god has in store for this earth and he wants his people to be a part of it we can only be a part of it if we know what he's doing and we're in tune with what he's doing and we're walking hand in hand with god at all times and so i was uh reading the word this week and i i came across revelation chapter 12 and uh, i preach from this off and on uh through throughout throughout the ministry i've taught on it off and on i, I began here in explaining some things related to this ministry and to spiritual warfare and the warfare that is in the earth and uh and when where we're at with it and so i'll i'll start there but i also want to um give you a heads up as to what god is expecting us to anticipate and how we're to respond to it in the days to come i believe that that the enemy is fighting bare knuckled right now uh he's exposed i think a lot of the stuff you know the devil does better if he can can fight uh hidden and not in the open when he works through people uh that's his best that's his best way he he likes to fight you look at what he did to to get uh adam and eve under his control just kept working at it working at it working you know the bible says this woman talked to the servant that she doesn't even talk to him one time i don't believe that because he doesn't talk to us one time does he he's like that ugly boy that kept coming up to you and trying to get your attention <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> he just couldn't you know hard to shake man and they know you don't want to be bothered with them but they keep coming anyway you got me you always wanted the cute boy to pay attention to you but it was a long line over there the ugly boy kept coming up and you didn't want to be bothered with him. well that's the devil he's that ugly thing that you don't want to be bothered with but he's persists in pushing and pushing and pushing and he's never satisfied when you say no you can say no a million times until you get real spiritual authority and learn how to walk in the power of god he's going to be right there needling you all the time and he does it with us in very subtle ways he likes to work through flesh and blood to get us confused you know if he's working through somebody that you love or you're supposed to love 
you, it's hard to separate. Where's the devil? Where's the person? How do I respond? What do I do? You understand what I'm saying? It's like we'll say things like, love the sinner but hate the sin. And we don't know what that means. You don't know how to do that. You understand what I'm saying? It's confusing. <laughs> so, you know, the best thing is to walk with God all the time. And you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You won't be confused. You won't be confounded. But these things do pose difficulty for us because we want to love people. We want to be right with God. But then people is messed up. And you can only get so involved with them. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so then you, you run the risk of being the, the bad boy or the mean person. Uh, you know, my thing is this. Just go ahead and be mean for a minute. You'll find out you can repent. You can recover. It won't kill you. It won't kill them. But you've got to take your stand and make your point, you see. And, uh, I mean, it's just that way. I think we're going, the more power Christians have, the more uh, of the different facets of Christ's character they will display. You got me? When many years ago, like when I was a kid growing up, there was no such thing in Christianity as spiritual warfare. You were nice. And because the devil put that, that uh, he put that on us. God didn't put that on us. And so we were supposed to sit down, shut up, turn the other cheek, never raise a hand against or a voice against anything. We're just to put up with everything. And then we were good Christians. We were nice Christians. We got a pass. Then all of a sudden we started getting saved with the Jesus movement in the 60s. You started seeing more and more people, believers, preaching the gospel, getting their friends saved, getting loved ones, coworkers saved. Then we found salvation wasn't enough, so we needed power because here the devil was coming against us. It was something missing, so we had to go back for more. Then we realized this is supposed, this gets to be a habit, man. Every time I step out, God, and do something for you, I find myself lacking a little bit, so I got to come back to you for more and more and more and more. What do we need? More power to hit this stupid devil and get him off of us. Because when you start praying in tongues, you become aware that there's evil out here. There's evil forces, and they're coming to destroy you. And if you don't fight back, you will get sucked in and sucked under. So you have no choice. You know, you'll say stuff, well, I didn't, I didn't sign up for all this when I get saved. Well, you know, you, you say that about everything. You go to school, you didn't sign up for all that homework. Little kids go to kindergarten, they think, I went, I, I got to go back tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, not only tomorrow, but tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. <laughs> and married people, we didn't go even go there. Huh? Yeah, you didn't sign up for all that when you got married either. Oh, now everybody's quiet. Oh, boy. Oh, lighten up, y'all. It's Christmas. <laughs> people sitting by now the single people and got nervous and got quiet what's she talking about what are you talking about sign up for sign up for what what's gonna happen to me uh, same thing that happened to me you stayed married uh-huh. <laughs> anywho 
So when we get saved, we don't sign up for the devil's nonsense and having to fight him and having to be concerned about, hey, do I have a devil? You remember them days? I need deliverance. Then we go to deliverance meetings and barf in a bag and cough up for an hour, and we still felt the same. Well, that ain't what I needed. Maybe just go get my word and love God. You know what I'm saying? Just come to your senses. So this life in God will take us through a lot of different changes. But I believe there is a mandate on the church to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And if you don't think that takes power... Huh? And it takes preparation. And so it's, it's a thing where you have to walk with God and you have to know what he's telling you to do. And you have to stay with what he gives you. So in Revelation chapter 12, we see there's some kind of a war going on in heaven. Before we came aware of God, this thing, had, this was, was uh, uh, before it appears uh, a man was created on the earth or shortly thereafter or some time in there we're just not sure but it says here in revelations 12 one a great sign appeared in heaven a woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head she was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept the third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule the nations with an iron scepter. Her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled to the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole earth, the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now has come the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God. See, there was victory for us in heaven all along. And the devil, one of his tricks is to make us think we're fighting to get him to quit doing something when he's already been told to stop. Got me. The only thing you got to do is believe it and reinforce it. See, when the police come to arrest you, they have to have a warrant with your name on it. Other than that, you don't go nowhere. It's the same thing with the devil. We have a warrant with his name on it. If we don't present it to him and arrest him, he's not going anywhere. See? And so when God tells us to be on our guard and to awake, put on strength. Shake yourself awake from your slumber. Sometimes when we don't have a lot going on or there's peace in our lives, we go to sleep on the warfare aspect of life. And so God has to come and tell us when to wake up. Other than that, we'll assume everything's good. It's all peaceful. It's all rosy. It's all fine, which it never really is. But I'd rather wait for God to wake me up than to live in suspicion of everything all the time. You got me? 
Remember the days when we were learning how to fight the devil? Everything that moved, I bind you. I bind you. I bind you. But we learned. Didn't we? Uh, we learned. Everybody with a gun misfires. Uh, when you go to target practice, you may hit that target and you may hit everything else. You know, you hit it one time and that's good. You got to keep practicing to learn how to get it right and not give up. Got me? And learn how to do things the right way. Learn what's effective. When we started this ministry, the Lord told me that he would want me to do this. And I had to commit to do it, period. Nothing else. No no uh, fun things to do that, that other people would get involved in. He said I had to stay faithful to it. He said because he could not get many people who wanted to study war. We like a little bit of it when it works, but we don't want to get really into it and devote ourselves to it so that we understand it well. And you know that from the people we see out there calling themselves warriors and so forth. They got about this much of revelation, and they'll make up half of what they these books they write on and tell you all this stuff about the devil and stuff. Most of it's made up. It's not really revelation from God. You know, it's just pretend stuff. Oh, help me bind the spirit. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't help you bind nothing. You bind your own devil. You don't believe you got authority over it. Read your Bible. It says you have authority over all the works. You got authority over your imagination, too, if you'll take it. These things have to be studied. They have to be understood by somebody. Just like the healing ministry. If we didn't have people like Benny Hinn who stayed with it so he could understand it, how could all the people that get healed under his ministry get healed? So we got too many people who like the superficial and not enough people who want to commit to something to understand it well enough See, most of y'all would be broke, hungry, and thrown out and divorced if, if I played around with. You understand what I'm saying? When, when I committed to do this for God, I committed to lead a people who would understand these things and be able to master them. Amen? And live behind this stuff. You can't just get a bunch of people together and tell them you're going to go do something. And you got a half teaspoon of understanding of it. You, you really have to commit yourself to these things. And with God's help, we've been able to do that. Amen? We've been able to do that. But God is telling us that this warfare in heaven is something that went on before we got here. And it was won before we were even born. So it's not like you're going to lose. You're not going to lose your kids to the devil. You're not going to lose your job. You're not going to lose your house. You're not going to lose your salvation. You're not gonna, this thing was won before you even got thought of. But the devil will harass you and make you think it's up for grabs. Hmm? That's what he does best. He works in the subtleties of the human mind. When, when, he, you know, when he questioned Eve, he questioned her on her own words. 
she said god said and he said oh did he really say that i said i'm healed oh really why do you take pills why you gotta why is your you know why is this why what's what's wrong (laughs) are you and see if you stop and consider that you're on your way to to more pills and more surgery and more you understand what i'm saying you have to learn to stand your ground once something's true it's true forever it didn't start being true when you start saying it i'm gonna say it again when something's true it's true forever your healing didn't start being real for you when you started saying it it was it's been true forever from the foundation of the earth jesus paid the price for everything that we could screw up by our wrong living and devil don't even tell me about that because i got stuff i've done you don't know nothing about because god won't let you know it huh he always likes to bring up our faults and which don't exist as long as the blood covers you you understand me you don't have to listen to him or anybody else tell you how wrong you are unless they at the altar you know you repent there get it out the way you understand me it doesn't mean you don't ever do anything wrong anymore but the price has been paid for it it's not an issue that has to be renegotiated all the time it's a fact and so if we can stay out of the devil's keep him out your head you know getting free rent up in there So in Revelation 12, I'm telling you, we're going to have to stand our ground against the enemy like never before. Never before. Never before. This war has already been won. That dragon was cast down. He says, now has come salvation and the power of and the kingdom of our god and the authority of his messiah or the authority of christ that's us we are the authority of christ in the earth now you understand me and so when the dragon is cast down now has come salvation and the authority of christ when the sons and daughters of god manifest in the earth salvation comes to everybody peace comes to everybody freedom comes to everybody and this is what the enemy is trying to stop he's trying to stop us from manifesting the power of god and declaring the word of the lord as we walk through the earth do you know the enemy has nothing he can say against the word of god it's already settled he can't even raise his voice to argue now he can try and resist you but he can't fight the word of god and that's what we have to keep before us at all times you have to keep the word high in your mind you have to keep it dominating in your mind and able to subdue all the thoughts in your head that would come against the word of god especially thoughts of fear the enemy works very strong in our fears you know he'll have something jump up in your face all of a sudden and 
you know, the, the, your kid that used to, Mommy, I, I love you, Mommy, and they start wanting to cuss you out and rebel against you and all that. And you think, well, what on earth happened here? Yeah, the devil happened That's here. Right. Right. And you bind him and take authority over yeah. him. Don't get stunned and don't get shocked. The Lord was telling me, he said, don't get surprised by anything the enemy does. Don't let that surprise and shock you. Because he works through shock value. If he can shock you and stun you and get you to back up and get your feelings hurt. Because little Johnny done said something mean to mommy. Huh? That ain't little Johnny. That's a devil he done got from some of them friends you try to... You know, you you knew you shouldn't should have told him already. You know, whether your kids listen to you or not, whether they obey you or not, you tell them. You see them with somebody they write, you tell them, that kid ain't right. Now, I don't care what you say, that thing ain't right right there. See, they'll remember it somewhere down the line. And then you ask God to make it blow up in their face. God, show them that what I'm telling them is right. Got me? And get all them them little imps and demons off of your children. You didn't raise them for the devil. You raised them for God. He said, the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them day and night. Do you know that the devil says nothing good about you? He's up all night long talking bad about you before the throne of God. And see, if you start feeling low about yourself you pick up on that conversation see when you sit up and you think things like well well, uh, what did i do wrong cut that out wonder why it's taking so long i must have done something you did a lot wrong but you do you live by the mercy of god you don't live by are you kidding me his tender mercies are over all his works you need to get up every day and say, God, I'm so glad I don't live by earning things because of the good that I do. Now, I'm, I'm with you all the time, God. I want to do right. And I want to do good. But I know I don't totally live by that. You understand me? You ain't keeping score like that. Or we never get anywhere. The blood of Jesus is so powerful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, learn how to humble yourself and ask forgiveness from people. Ask them, you know, just go around and let people know that you love them and you're you're for them. Don't be so standoffish, you know, and waiting for people to, to, you know, say something before you say something. Cut that out. Humble yourself and go and make peace with people. Stop that nonsense. He says, they they try, it says, he accuses us day and night has been cast down they overcame him or triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb if it weren't for the blood oh that's your only plea before the throne of god that's the only one that's that god will hear to be entered he don't want to hear about what you did for him that was so wonderful you don't know how it happened anyway you're the least one to understand how that happened. It's the truth. God, I just opened my mouth and a, a miracle flowed out. That happened to me. I was I was at a Bible study many years ago before I, you know, started doing any anything right. You know, 
was at a Bible study, and and the Bible study teacher said, well, we're going to, after worship, we're going to worship God, and they worship, you know, a few little songs on the little keyboard, ding, 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 and you love them songs, because the power of God showed up, and it was, <laughs> and so I, I would get in my worship, and and, you know, I finally quit opening my eyes to see what people were doing around me, you know. Got into God. And so <laughs> she said, and, and while we're standing, we'll just go around the room and uh, just speak out your prayer requests. And I opened my mouth. I had my whole list of praise things that I pray for every time I show up with the saints because my life was so bad. You got me? One day you'll open your mouth and you'll realize that your life ain't as bad as you thought it was. You're not the, you know, because I, when I would go into Bible studies, all these women knew God better than I did. They were super saints and could do no wrong and everything was, they were wonderful and I was, I got all these problems. So I think I was getting ready to open my mouth about my husband for the umpteenth time. You know, it's always the husband, you know, it's never me. I'm just struggling. Yeah. <laughs> but if he would just straighten up yeah. and get saved before I kill him, my life would. <laughs> if he saved by the time he comes home from work today, I'm just gonna kill him anyway. You know, I was in. That was my life at the time. You understand? And so I opened my mouth and I began to speak scripture, and it, God just took over the the Holy Spirit overcame me hmm? and I knew what that scripture meant then where, where the Bible says open your mouth and I will fill it with words the words I spoke did not come from me they came straight from God and I began to prophesy and I said I am reminded of a scripture I had never heard that scripture before how did I get reminded I knew I read the Bible a couple times you know what I'm saying but it ain't like I'm reminded of something I'm reminded of a scripture and I quoted it Acts chapter you know where, and, it asks, and I can never remember it even now is it Acts 16 or 19 where, where God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. <laughs> I was just standing there and I opened my eyes and I looked around. And I said, who said that? I was going to tell you how mean my husband was to me and I didn't get a chance to. I was a little ticked off. I didn't get a chance to complain about the husband again. But I guess God said, I've had enough of you and your crazy husband and y'all. Y'all shenanigans, I saved you like you were, but I'm going to straighten everything up in a minute. And when I said that, one of the women slammed her Bible down and ran out and looked in her car and found a handkerchief with that scripture embroidered on it. And from that, God began to do a miracle, healing miracle. She said, I got this. She said, and I was looking at this scripture. She said, and I believe God's saying that I will take this handkerchief to my friend who is in a coma. And she's just had a baby, a newborn baby, and she's dying. God is saying he will heal her. So the Bible study teacher said, well, let's lay hands on that. You know, and God just took over. Three days later, that lady walked out of the hospital. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
And I'm still ticked off. I didn't get to tell them how mad I was at my husband again. But God. Huh? You see what God wants to do if we'll just yield to him and obey him and it's amazing what he wants to do. And we have that power in earthen vessels. Why does he put power in us? So he can get it in places where he wants it to be. Because he sends you where he wants you to go. And he gives you the words to say. And he's the power behind everything that we do. And so we overcome by the blood of the lamb that pays for everything good that you need in life. If it weren't for the blood, we wouldn't have anything. That payment, it's total payment. You never have to doubt if God wants you to have something. You, if, if you get faith in your heart for it, don't ever doubt that, he, that it's yours because it's paid for. And he says, he's been cast down and they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen. Whatever God's done for you, that's enough to convince anybody to get saved. It really is. You don't have to think, oh, you know, my testimony don't sound like so-and-so. It, it doesn't have to. And God did. If God wanted one testimony, he'd just save one person. But he wants us all to have our own testimony so that we'll help people. And he says, therefore rejoice, you heavens, and woe to the, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is full of anger. Because he knows his time is short. If you knew you didn't have much time, you get to doing whatever it is you want to do too. So the devil's always known that his time is short. And that's what God wants us to be aware of. Understand that in this hour, we have to be more alert than ever for the devil's wiles. Because he has great anger against the world earth when he gets exposed. Somehow the prayers of God's people have caught up with him right now. And he is exposed. Amen. He is exposed like never before. And so he doesn't like to fight out in the open. But if he has to, he will just to survive. And so when we understand his wrath is great, we understand also that he takes no prisoners or he takes all prisoners. Nobody is exempt from his power. Everybody has to fight for everything that they need from the Lord. You have to fight for your very existence. Britt, can you check that oven for me? Thank you. I appreciate it. You have to fight for everything that you need. You have to understand that you can't let your guard down at any time because he has great anger and he doesn't care what he throws against us in order to get us to back down and quit praying. Amen. And quit moving forward and quit quit declaring the word of the Lord in, in the face of opposition, in the face of evil. It's like nose to nose, <laughs> like never before. And so he wants us to understand that don't be surprised at what evil things you see happening. Don't be surprised at who doesn't like you or who doesn't or what you maybe even see in the press or see in the you know forget about the press some people are so confused and crazy i mean whoever depends on 
them for your information and news you know you you need to get another source because it's it is so contrived you know uh they say what's happening in the united states now is very similar to what happened to russia uh back in the 50s and 60s they rewrote history in russia to make it what and they used propaganda all they did they had one radio station and it played continually and that's all the people heard all day long to brainwash them and get them convinced that what they were telling them in history was the way it was and they totally rewrote it look at what they tell people in the children in school now christopher columbus was a robber and a thief he was a, a racist and killed up all the indians and you know indians killed white people too you know but they don't talk about that this is a racist country it's no good it'll never be no good everything that we have was stolen from somebody and all this kind of nonsense and and when you think about that why would somebody tear down their own house while some people are trying to build it you know why tear down your own house you understand what i'm saying why not let the past be in the past and let's go on into the future but the devil wants us to keep living the past doesn't he he's always telling you what you did 15 years ago and you already confessed that about a thousand times and been forgiven but he wants you to continue to live in the past especially if your past is sinful and so he does the same thing with governments and with people he wants us all to live in the past so that we'll accept things that he has designed to destroy us when you start living in a country that has no borders everybody's in danger i don't care that's like you know why would you go home and not close your doors just leave them wide open for anybody who wants it's the same thing it sounds stupid but that's what we have going on in europe it's terrible over there because now uh, terrorists have totally infiltrated most of those countries where they can't do it and and what's happening is there is a a consortium of wealthy 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 people who want domination globally over everything so they can control everything but jesus you see what i'm saying but jesus now whether you're aware of it this was tried many times before the last time it was tried jesus came to the earth for the first time now it's being tried again and i believe he's coming to the earth again amen for the last time because when these one world governments start stirring up and you get one group of people that wants to run the whole world uh excuse me that job's already taken by god and he's going to come down here and stop it i don't care who you are and how you brainwash people and what you do wealth needs to come back to this country for the sake of sending the gospel everywhere on the earth we've always had money to send missionaries and all that be in and one of the things that the enemy does to cripple us is to take the wealth away from a nation of people who support what god's doing and this is for not just the church aspect but for the sinner as well because many sinners will give their money to churches just so they can you know feel good about themselves or whatever but god can move on anybody but the wealth has to be here 
it can't be over in a foreign government somewhere where God can't minister to people and show them what to do with it. So that's why God's reestablishing this nation as a prosperous nation, period. Not a debtor nation, but a prosperous nation. Satan and his deceptive schemes he uses against the church, we have to defeat at every single turn. When you see people compromise, when you see them water down the word, you have to take authority over that and say, God, let your truth prevail. We don't want to just believe that and feel good when we come to church and go home and get a feel-good sermon and go home. People need to come in and be equipped so that they can stand against the devil. You can't get the devil to bow by your feel-good message. You have to you have to really fight the enemy and use the word of God against him. That's the biggest challenge for the believer in this hour is to stand and keep standing on God's word. The devil hates the word of God. See, when you preach the word like the Bible says, it's referred to as hate speech by a lot of people in this country that in other countries too that this is the only way they know how to fight the word of god and the conviction that they're under but i believe if we'll stand on the word they'll stay under conviction and repent if we if we loosen up on the word they'll find a way to wiggle out from under it we'll see the christians say it's okay for me to be gay and, and be a church member too you understand what i'm saying and so we can't we can't lessen our stand on god's word or try to ignore that that part is in the bible you got me you don't have to hate people to hate their sin but you do have to give them the truth that's how you love the sinner is give him the truth of god's word you can't love the sinner by lying to him huh you lie him right into hell yeah we have to make sure that we don't forget god because he has prospered us and he has blessed us this is the first error that the church makes. When we start to prosper and we start to do better, we forget God. And God said, don't forget me. When you get into your land and you begin to prosper, don't forget. Don't forget God. Don't forget God. You have to make yourself remember. You have to make it your business to remember God. And we do it in so many small ways. When you first wake up in the morning, address him first. Don't get up trying to find out what you're going to do. Address him first. When you get paid, pay God first. Give him something first. You got me? All of these things cause us to remember God. And if you remember him, he will remember you. So if we remember God and we don't compromise on his word, when people ask us things, we tell them straight up, no, you can't live like that. You know, people who are, are feeling sorry for people who are in sin. And trying to let them think it's okay to stay there. I didn't get to stay in my sin. In fact, I didn't want to. I knew it was wrong and I wanted to be right with God. And we have to give that same privilege to everybody else. They are entitled to be able to repent so that they can get right with God. You don't want people to stay in their sin. They may think it's fun, but it has a heavy payoff in the end. We have to be able to maintain what God has given us without compromise. And see, once you start looking at your possessions as slipping away and you, you, you think that you can just compromise with God's word in order to hold on to them, you've made another error. 
So you forget the God that gave it to you, and then you think you have to compromise with the world to hold on to it. So you've already lost your your ability, your strength, your ability to protect what's yours. Because when you slip away from God, and that's what the devil likes. Because then he can take it and dangle it over your head and try and make you think he can take it away from you. So the more we get involved in compromise, the harder it is to make your stand in God. In this hour, God is looking for the bride who is looking for him. Not for the things of the world, not for this, not for that. There are many Christians who think that because it looks like this nation is on its way to prospering again, that that's the wealth transfer. And I said, God, I thought we shot that devil years ago. You understand what I'm saying? But they are still holding on to some big wad of money coming in their hands. And I'm thinking, well, what are you going to do about all these sinners out here who've never heard the gospel or have never seen the power of God? What What do you think? You really think this is about money after all of this? And so the church is going to have to wake up to the fact that this is not about material possessions. Amos 9.13 says you're going to be comfortable, but you still got to preach the gospel. you still got to make your stand against the enemy. you still got to tell, tell the devil to leave God's people alone. We will be pressured to compromise or quit by the devil. If we hold fast to the Lord, we will make it through to the place that he has prepared for us. Just like the woman in Revelation 12. It says the dragon sought to devour her and the child, but God helped her and provided a place of safety for her. And that's what we're headed toward. Don't stay out here and just bare knuckle the devil and think you're defeated anyway. Find that place of safety where God, where you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, where God protects you and he reassures you, I'm taking care of you and I'm going to do everything you ask me to do. He's not going to leave anything out. There's nothing, there's nothing too hard for God and there's nothing too big for him to do for you. And so we have to elevate our vision of God according to the, the, the uh, intensity of the warfare or the, the strength of the problem that's before us. If, if the problem looks too big, make your God bigger. You got me? If it looks like you're going under, make your God go over it. Amen? Because he's provided a place of safety for us where we are protected. So if we hold fast to the Lord, we will make it through to that place that he has prepared for us. There is a place prepared for the bride. That's in Revelation twelve fourteen. Let me see if I read it already. <clears throat> it says, when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle. So that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness where God would take care of her. And that's what you have. When the enemy pursues you, you give him the word and then God will lift you off to that place where he is prepared for you, where there's safety. He doesn't expect you to keep fighting tooth and nail every day. You understand what I'm with with no release from that? Once you address the enemy, you take your stand and then you let God take it from there. You got me? He will cause your words to manifest and he will cause that thing to stop bugging you and you'll see your victory. 
because God has prepared a victorious bride. She's not a wimpy bride, and she's not a fearful bride. But you have to stand and declare the word of the Lord. You can't compromise. You, you can't get weak or you can't give up or say it's too hard or you're tired. And nobody's tired right now. You understand me? Just take that word, take that word out of your mouth and put it over there somewhere. Because we ain't tired. You understand what I'm saying? We just, we just getting started. But, amen. But I'm telling you that compromise is off the table. This soft attitude of being soft with uh, everything in, in all of our words and, and that. We have to fight this thing back. It's political correctness that people have been living under. Look at the, the uh, uh, wicked things that the so-called uh, liberal people are saying. You know, the, the most vile and outrageous things are being said about Christians, about good people about holy people uh we can't put up with that folks there's got to be a word released by god that declares the truth on top of what as long as you play their game they don't mess with you it's like they're in control all of a sudden but i'm telling you god wants his people back he wants these atmospheres back think of the atmosphere that's created when people tell you you can't say certain things Think of the, the atmosphere around you when your words are muffled and you know you have words of life that want to come up out of you. You understand what I'm saying? And so this is happening worldwide where people are being sued for, for speaking God's word. And so it's up to the church to declare the word of the Lord no matter what. You've got to say what thus saith the Lord. You've got to say truth. You can't say what's acceptable. You have to say truth as far as you know truth to be before God. And I know that when we do that, we'll get our, our, our people back. We'll get our families back. We'll get our nation back. We'll get our churches back. Churches are emptying out because there's no word of the Lord to keep them there. Everything's compromised. They might as well go to the world because that's what the same thing they hear in the world is what they hear in the church. And we got church leaders that fit so well in the world, they get up and have a talk show rather than, than preach in their pulpits anymore. You understand what I'm saying? Too much compromise, folks. Too much compromise. So the bride is going to pursue the Lord. Amen. We're going to pursue him. He'll pursue us if we pursue him. But he's looking for a bride who is awake and alert with oil in her lamps and the wicks trimmed so that we're ready to go. Whatever God tells us, we're ready for it. And we're willing to do whatever he says. We don't love our lives anymore, folks. You, you let that go a long time ago. You live for God now. If you'll do that, he'll live for you and you'll be more than blessed. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for blessing. He wants true conversions true conversions and he says the reason many church buildings are emptying is because people know what's true and what's false and people are waiting for a true relationship with him they're waiting for a true witness to the goodness of god many times we want to see things grow but god says i am the growth i am the one who is pulling these people in and i want their hearts converted to me so just walk with me 
and help me do the work that I've already ordained to be done on the earth, you have a part in it. And your part in it is great, and your part in it is important, and your part in it is pleasing to me, says the Spirit of the living God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray.